My, my first banking experience, it was in college, again part-time. Uh, I was a call center agent. I mean, I started, you know, from that deep. But after that, you know, after the, the you know, I decided, okay, I'm going to be, you know, someone who is going to be a game changer in this industry. And I always, you know, wanted to, you know, do something totally different. Cultural openness and the curiosity is extremely important, you know, if you want to be successful or if you want to try something globally. And the second thing is being a leader, especially, you know, when you go up, you know, in the corporates or, you know, or, you know, in your company. You shouldn't forget, you know, that we are all human beings, right? But at the same time, you know, we have to be super professional on solving skills, understanding, you know, pains, defining the pains. If you can understand this, whatever your industry, you will be successful. In 2040, uh, I think, you know, this is the time, you know, that you are shaping your future. In 20s, you don't know what you want. You don't also, you know, you don't know what you don't want. In 30s, you don't know what you want, but you are understanding, you know, what you don't want. <laughs> my name is Deniz. Uh, my background is banking. Uh, I started, you know, my career in, in Turkey. I work for a lot of uh, local banks in Turkey. And after that, you know, I work for, you know, some global multinational banks. 2017, I moved to Standard Chartered, Singapore. And then, you know, I had a chance you know, to do the banking. Hi, everyone. And welcome back to Change is Possible podcast, your career transformation guide. So today's episode. Today's episode will be special one. Our guest today is Denise Given. Trust me when I tell you that his journey into the banking industry is nothing less than inspirational. He started from humble beginnings in Turkey, but he managed to reach an executive level at such big names such as HSBC, Standard Chartered. And on top of that, he built a digital bank from the bottoms up in Hong Kong. So we spoke about his childhood, what made him who he is today. He shared some of his career challenges, how he overtook them. He spoke about his international career, what drove this step to go globally. And of course, he will share a lot of advice. And by the end of this podcast, I promise you, you're going to have a notebook full of insights. Before we go into the episode, I have a big favor to ask. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like this episode and send us a comment. This is how we're going to make this podcast much better. Thank you and see you in the episode. Let's go back a little bit in time and tell us in these early years and childhood, what were these moments and events that had the biggest impact on you to become who you are today? Sure. Sure. Honey, thank you very much, first of all, you know, for having me today. Uh, I was looking forward, you know, for today, you know, to meet you. And I always, you know, I think, you know, it's a great, you know, opportunity, you know, for me also talk about, you know, my career, my past, also, you know, learning and sharing, you know, my mistakes. You know, my childhood, you know, was very peaceful, born and bred in Istanbul. But of course, you know, I spent a lot of time in on the southwest side of Turkey, Fethiye. I mean, it's a seaside town. It's it's a it's a beautiful place. When I look back, I think you know, that there there were two two important things you know, in my life. You know, especially in the childhood. The, the first one is 
Um, as you know, um, we are neighbors, so you understand the culture of you know in, in Turkey. Yeah. The, the interesting thing yeah. is that the most popular sport in Turkey is football, right? And uh, yeah. a, a lot of us, you know, we we grew up you know with the football. But interestingly, uh, my dad, my dad, you know, decided you know something very different, and he sent me to a basketball course, you know, when I was five, and five. I was so young and you know, I joined a, a, a small club uh, in, in Istanbul and I started to play basketball. And believe okay. me, the ball is bigger than my head you know, at that time. And you know, <laughs> it was a really interesting experience for me. When I became you know, seven, um, I started to you know, work with a, with, a, with a coach uh, from US. And I'm talking about an a, a ex-NBA player. And wow. he was, you know, he was working with us. I think it was a great, you know, game changer for me because, you know, working with a, a ex NBA player and learning, you know, from him, not only basketball. And I think, you know, I believe that, you know, I learned a lot, you know, from him in, in many, in many places. And to be honest, you know, that was an interesting, you know, point in my life because I think, you know, between seven and 12, he was, our, he was our coach. We, we learn a lot and I remember you know one time you know he was a he was a very harsh guy I'm talking about you know two two ten meters uh, two meters you know ten centimeters a huge guy and you're a small uh, baby at that time right you know small kid and learning a lot of things and culturally totally different and I remember you know when I was 10 he was super harsh and we lost a, a very important game and I didn't play well and he was harsh on me, very hard on me. And I remember, you know, he said, you know, one thing after the game, uh, I was so sad because of, you know, all this, you know, the difficulties and everything. Hey, he came to me and he said, you know, one thing, Dennis, this is not about you. I didn't say anything to you. I know I was harsh. I said everything, you know, to your jersey. I think, you know, it was a great learning, you know, for me you know, in my you know, entire life. And of course, you know, the, the, the second yeah. thing is, my childhood, you know, I had a chance, you know, to work in different areas as a kid because Turkey, you know, you can you can be a waiter, you can do it. I did many things, um, so I think you know my childhood, you know, it helped me a lot, you know, to build, you know, my future career. Wow, I can say the same about me because in that, um, well, I was in Eastern Europe, a bit different than Turkey. Uh, I mean, in terms of social climate, you know, communist country, etc. But um, but still, I, I still remember everything is peaceful and nice and pleasant. Wow. When you say to people, oh, I'm come from Eastern Europe and they say, oh, my goodness, it was so bad. Right. And they expect that our childhood was really tough, <laughs> which is so far from reality. Um, let's talk about the beginning of your career. What did you imagine at the beginning? Did you did you plan to become a CEO? Was that your dream? Was banking what you wanted to do? I mean, no way. I mean, being a, I mean, becoming a CEO of a bank or becoming a CEO of something, it was mission impossible. I mean, even dreaming it, you know, it was really tough, right? I mean, I'm talking about really 1990s and 2000s, uh, early 2000s, and it was tough. And I actually, you know, I started, I worked many times, right? Even in my college time. So I, I sold, you know, insurance policies uh, part-time. Um, I created, you know, content, you know, for a big, you know, media company. I was writing, you know, about science and technology for the kids. 
And I, I tried, you know, building a couple of internet companies. I'm talking about, you know, 1997, 1996. And I tried. And to be honest, you know, my, re my first real job uh, was I was trying to obtain and collect domain names. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, 1997. And I had a limited money. And with this limited money, I was borrowing, you know, from my mom. And I'm, I was trying to buy, you know, domain names and resell. And we, we didn't have any idea, you know, how to, how are we going to create, you know, another value, you know, with these domain names. The idea was, you know, buy it and sell it. Uh, but it was really fun. And I learned a lot. And after a while, I, and I started, you know, um, I, I learned, you know, how to build a web page, etc. And I tried to, uh, we started, you know, building you know, some value on top of, you know, all these, you know, domain names. It was a great learning. Um, I work, my, my first banking experience, it was in college, again, part-time. Uh, I was a call center agent. I mean, I started, you know, from that deep. And to be honest, you know, I'm, I'm super, super, I learned, whatever I learned, I learned, you know, in this, you know, call center agent, you know, duration. Why? Because, you know, you are learning to, you are hearing everything, you know, from the customer. I mean, this is a very important point, you know, I've been telling this, you know, all the time all the big CEOs or small CEOs, whoever you are, you know, founder, co-founder, please talk to your customer. Please talk to your customer. I think, you know, I learned, you know, how to talk, you know, with my customers or, you know, clients. Um, thanks, you know, that role because patiently listening and trying to solve the problem. I think, you know, I learned, you know, at that part. And after that, you know, I joined a bank in Turkey. But the in the first, the, the, the first one year, I had no idea about, you know, hey, you know, how to become a CXO or, you know, CEO in a bank because it was like impossible. You know, after the, the first year, you know, I should tell um, this, I think, you know, I decided, okay, I'm going to be, you know, someone who is going to be a game changer in this industry. And I always, you know, wanted to, you know, do something totally different. I mean, nothing related with the, the, the titles or something. Of course, you know, being CEO or being a leader, you know, it's very important. But the idea was, I'm going to be a game changer. Great. Well, that's a great um, motto and drive. And I guess this is um, drove you throughout your career and establishing a digital bank, which was a game changer also. Another thing uh, a lot of people ask me uh, is about international career and how, how can they start an international career? What are the benefits? Why do we have to do it? You did the same. You started an international career. Can you tell us about that? Why did you do it? What's important? What is your blueprint? If you want, if you want to develop internationally, what do you have to do? As a Turkish citizen, I had always an idea, hey, you know, I want to try, you know, something outside of Turkey. Uh, Turkey is a big country, but uh, there, there, there are always, you know, some other opportunities, you know, outside you know, that I wanted to try. And to be honest, I didn't know that much. Uh, but once, you know, I joined HSBC, I'm talking about, you know, early 2000s, I realized that, you know, there's a, there's a world outside, right? How I see the, 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 the mountain global experience, I mean, I think that the, the, the first thing, you know, I should say, you know, sooner the better. Sooner the better. Why I'm saying that, you know, of course, you know, people, you know, um, the comfort zone is very interesting and building something, you know, in your, at your home country or, you know, homelands, you know, it's beautiful. Uh, but mm -hmm. there are tons of things, you know, happening outside. 
when I joined Standard Chartered, I'm talking about you know early 2017, my teams, you know, I was in charge of you know 32 different markets as a global head in Singapore. And in my teams, um, I think I had 43 different nationalities. And that was a yeah. that was a breaking point, you know, for me in my life, in my career, because you know, I used to work with you know some different nationalities, but more than 40 different nationalities, different motivations. And as you know, I mean, the people, yeah. they have you know, different motivations. They have the, the human nature and the human needs yeah. are a bit different, right? You have to, you know, map exactly. out your teams, you know, with the, the, with these, you know, human needs. And culture mm -hmm. is, a, is very important here, you know, that you have to understand. It's not like, hey, you know, I have an HR department, you know, we can manage it. You should understand, you know, as a leader, otherwise you cannot manage it. I mean, I can yes. give tons of examples, but I mean, West Asia, East Asia, or ASEAN, or Africa, or Middle is totally different. I mean, working with Turkish totally. people and Spanish people or Bulgarian peoples, there are some differences. Of course, you know, there are some common languages, but still, you know, yeah. you have to understand, you know, these motivations and also um, uh, the, the different pain points between the people. Right. My recommendation, actually, I mean, the, the cultural openness and the curiosity is extremely important, you know, if you want to be successful or if you want to try something globally. And the second thing is, your adaptation power or you know, speed, right? You know, that pace is extremely important. To be honest, wherever I go right now, I remember you know, first, uh, when I first you know, moved to outside of Turkey, I was, my, my, my belief was, okay, I know everything. Uh, I can be successful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But the first six months, you know, it was like, hell, oh my God, what I'm going to do? It's, it's it was tough, right? So the, the yeah. adaptation, And speed is extremely important. You know, you should be super open. And of course, you know, the third one is understanding of localization. Localization doesn't mean that you know, understanding the language. So I lived in Hong Kong, you know, more than four years. I tried to understand the culture. Uh, of course, you know, language was part of it. You know, the Cantonese or you know Chinese uh, Mandarin. But other than that, to be honest, you know, understanding the culture and the motives. This is the this is a very critical thing. Uh, it's more important than you know your business or you know your business model. Was there a period in your career when uh, you were seriously doubting your trajectory? When was that, and uh, how did you overcome it? I think um, we all make some mistakes in this life, right? And sometimes you know they're they're they are you have you know some big mistakes small mistakes i think luckily i didn't do i didn't make a big mistake uh but i always you know check my you know, trajectory you know always you know maybe every six months you know every 12 months this is my thing right you now every six to 12 months you know, i check my trajectory instead of you know doing a big changes um what i do i do you know some fine tunes because this is the most critical thing you know that you have to understand and honestly Sometimes, you know, for example, if you make a mistake, you know, okay, you know, you can exit it and you can start, you know, again, this is fine. In my life, you know, what happened, for example, when I first moved to uh, Singapore, Standard Chartered, um, I moved from a local bank, you know, with the support of, you know, big Spanish uh, multinational, right? 
but in a local bank you know you i mean your power your impact is totally different and i remember my early days in singapore and my impact you no know, to be honest you know i moved to singapore you know with a with a big role even though you know that it was so tough you know for me and and i was thinking oh my gosh i think you know i made a mistake this is a mis- mistake you know this role is not the, the the best role you know for me you know i should change it but what i did you have to be persistent and you have to you know understand you know what is happening there if you can do the you know, right fine tunes i think uh, you can find your right trajectory can you give us an example of from your life what was a big failure and how did you deal with it which one many of them right <laughs> but to be honest you know let me start, you know <laughs> one, one of them yeah just one is enough right it was 2000 and uh, i was working for demirbank you know at that time and demirbank you know was the fifth biggest retail bank in turkey a really strong one with very a lot of innovative you know products we decided to launch a a mobile banking i'm talking about 2000 23 years ago yeah um no iphone no i mean nothing right and yeah. and yeah we work with uh big consultancies um and we paid tons of money you know to the consultancy you know to build it technologically i think you know at that time you know we spent you know almost like you know 10 million dollars uh it was a big money at that time right and yeah. and we said okay you know we are going to Uh, rock the market you know this is going to be the first mobile banking i'm not saying app mobile banking uh platform yeah. uh, <laughs> of turkey and we launch it oh my god you know you cannot imagine you know the celebrations you know first one month we were like you know rock stars you know we will change the market etc meanwhile you know i was looking at the numbers and of course at that time you know that the reporting is totally different you know we were using you know sql directly you know to the to the databases and yeah. i found out you know something interesting because you know the numbers were not very convincing you know to me and i was talking you know with technology teams hey guys you know could you please you know check these numbers etc anyways of course you know the top management they they are asking the numbers you know show me the number and and after two months uh we realized that our customer number is 46 46 only okay um <laughs> <laughs> and to be honest yeah, that's not a great number <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> to be honest that was a great point uh for me first of all uh you have to you shouldn't do the things you know just because of you know you have the technology and you can make it right and that was a point you know that i learned a lot you know it was the big, biggest mistake you know we made it and why because i mean technology you have it but how many cost how many internet connection uh, i mean how many phone uh, devices you know that we have you know at that time um in the market that they can connect you know to the internet there was only two devices right two devices one was ericsson the other one is nokia and how many people yeah. uh, in the market that they have you know those kind of phones and uh, yeah. we were 
talking about you know, 2G, nothing, no, I'm not talking about you know, 2.5 yeah. edge or you know, 3 or 4 or 5, 2G. Yeah. It was a big mistake. We, we didn't do any market research. We didn't do a proper customer research, right? Not market only. So um, it was a great mistake. Why I'm saying great mistake, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I tell the same thing you know, to my son. Um, sometimes you can win, sometimes you can learn. I mean, that was a great learning, to be honest. Uh, I don't believe that, you know, it's, it, it, of course, you know, it was a huge mistake, right? And uh, that's why, you know, uh, uh, whenever, wherever I go in the, in the world right now, I started the businesses, you know, with, with a proper research. I mean, big research, small research, ethnographic, you know, it can be very, but, you know, you should start, you know, with that one. And what was the, the emotional effect on, on this failure? I mean, I just can't imagine how you felt. I think uh, thanks to, you know, my, my, the, 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 my basketball career, you know, I played, you know, since 17 uh, professionally. Uh, I think, you know, failures emotionally in the beginning, it's a bit tough. But after that, you know, to be honest, I'm, I'm not taking, you know, that much. I take, we should, you know, take it seriously, right? You know, it's not about, hey, I made a mistake. Thank you very much. Let's go. No, you should take it seriously. You have to do your post-mortem internally very carefully. You know, what, what did I do? I mean, what was wrong there? And, and my honest opinion, you can make those mistakes and those failures, you know, give you some emotional uh, difficulties, you know, sometimes. But if you are not making the same mistake again, there's no problem. I mean, uh, this is how I look at the things right now. Because, you know, if you do the same mistake, you know, again, it's still a mistake, right? I mean, you shouldn't do that. Maybe we should talk now about the digital bank and your experience there. Can you describe it? What it is to build something completely different? I think, um, again, uh, sometimes digital bank, sometimes not. But I always, you know, build the operating model. Uh, and uh, for me, the, the definition of operating model, the, there are many different you know, areas, but it's not only about technology, as I mentioned, you know, how we built mobile banking you know, 23 years ago. It's not about technology. Technology is critical, but you, know, you should think a bit differently. And to be honest, uh, when I look at the operating model, first of all, you have to define the, the right KPIs, right? You shouldn't you know, come up you know, with something, hey, we are going to get 1 million customers, and I'm going to do cross-sell, I will do upsell. This is banking, right? You have to define your KPIs, you know, to differentiate yourself. I remember, you know, our first day zero meeting and I had only, you know, five, six people around me and I told these, you know, people, hey, we are going to onboard customers in Hong Kong in three minutes, 46 seconds. This was our first KPI. I mean, I mean, to be... It literally three minutes, 46 seconds. You know, that was the first KPI of MOX. Today, of course, you know, you can see a lot of onboarding, but I'm talking about, you know, 2017 and thinking of this yeah. kind of a KPI. It, it was a game changer. Nothing related with technology. I mean, you can find the right technology. Yeah. You have to work with the regulators. Yeah. You have to work with the risk teams, right? But if you put something in front of your team, then you can change your culture. You can find the right people, you know, to do that, and then you know go forward, right? Um, so that was, I mean, that was the the, the first thing. The, the other thing is, of course, 
I personally also, you know, with the team, uh, mm. you know, banking, I mean, banking, you know, especially if you are talking about the second line, there are 10 different you know, risk types, you know, for global banks. Yeah. I revisited, you know, starting from framework to policy, policies to standards. I, I don't know how many standards and policies, you know, I've read. And I tried to you know, create a, a new, not, not a full framework, but at least, you know, if you want to be something different, if you are talking about a new operating model, you should, you know, touch you know, all these places. The other thing is, you know, for example, FCC, financial crime, AML, transaction monitoring, transaction yeah. screening, fraud, all these things. Technologically, you can do everything. But if you don't define how we are going to manage this in a, in a better way, smarter way, by the way, you, know, you should you know, protect yourself as well, you know, not only the customer, because you know, it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a mutual relationship. I mean, then you can change it. Marketing. We, we changed the, 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 the game plan of marketing you know, entirely because I'm not a believer of, hey, I'm doing, if, if you are not counting, if you are not measuring, it's not marketing, it's branding, right? And then, you know, end to end, you have to do, you know, the decision analytics. You have to understand, you know, what's going on there. There are tons of things, you know, that you have to define like that. But I mean, the, uh, what also, you know, I don't want to take um, something like, hey, Dennis, Dennis doesn't care, you know, technology. No, I mean, um, I think I should, I should also, you know, share one thing. Uh, MoxBank, it's a fully uh, cloud native bank. In MoxBank, uh, there is no server. There is no physical server. Entirely cloud native. We built the bank on smart contracts. So the the, the main ledger system and the entire the, the 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 ecosystem you know around it, the entire DevOps system, it's on the smart ledger, which we call it you know blockchain today. And we built it you know in 2018, right? Um, why we did that? You know because cost effective future proof and if you want to do you know in the future you know real time everything you know you can change you know, many things you know, very quickly time to market i mean we thought about you know all these things but take we, we put the technology like an enabler on on top uh, actually you know, on top of you know all this you know the, the operating model components no absolutely so technology is not first first you have to define your vision what you want to do and what the clients will do and you're so right about the risks because, you know, the risks, imagine, as you said, three minutes, 25 seconds to onboard a client compared to days, you know, how the risk component changes, you know, you have to do all these things that you're checking within, within seconds and minutes. You shared just before we talked, uh, before the start of the podcast that you don't come from a, a family of bankers. So how did your definition of success changed through the years yeah as you mentioned you know i'm the first banker uh, in my entire family actually you know, nobody wanted to touch you know any banking you know system except me but uh, yeah i mean maybe my son you know will become you know he was telling me you know just a week ago hey dad you know, i want to be a banker and i said okay let's think about it um but yeah we will see <laughs> <laughs> honestly um did the, the success I mean, it's a, it's a difficult definition, you know, success, you know, what is success, what is not. But I, I, I've been telling myself, you know, since day one, day zero, whatever, right? Uh, how can I differentiate? You know, how can I think, you know, outside of the box? And uh, for me, success, you know, I remember, you know, early days, 
my younger days, it was like, if someone tells me, uh, Dennis, this is impossible, you cannot do it, you know, that was my success, you know, if I can do that, right? I mean, uh, I have, you know, this in my DNA and my genes, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to hear, you know, something like this. I will, I'm sure, you know, I will find a way, you know, to do that, this way or that way, right? And this is the thing, you know, uh, uh, it was my, you know, success point, you know, in the, in the early uh, ages. Um, why I'm saying that, you know, it's not only about, hey, you know, we gain, you know, this many customers. I remember, you know, in Guarantee Bank, uh, I, we built the, the first mobile banking app, 2007. And when I left Guarantee, you know, we had, you know, 6 million customers, you know, which is bigger than Singapore's population, right? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, uh, it was a success, but my, my, my success criteria are a bit different. Today... Uh, when I look at, you know, this evolve, if we, if you can call it, you know, evolve, uh, I think my success criteria is building really desirable products and services. I mean, if I can build, you know, this kind of things, I, or, you know, my teams or, you know, my involvements, that's my enough success criteria. Can you make money? I mean. If you can build, you know, these desirable products, and if you can build, you know, these desirable service services and platforms, uh, money follows. Uh, money comes always. I mean, that's that's the easiest things. But the critical thing is, you know, this money you know, success uh, point. If you can do that, you know, that's the best thing. And the the, the correlation between the desirable platforms and hard share is very important because. This was my, you know, biggest, you know, conversation, you know, with my board, you know, when I was in Mox. And, uh, of course, you know, they, 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 the boards, you know, they always, and they should, I'm a board member right now, you know, we should ask, you know, what will be your market share? But before market share, I think, you know, we have to also think about, you know, what will be your hard share in that market? If you can get the hard share, market share will come, right? You know, and... Uh, you have to think about this, you know, as also a part of, you know, KPI. And then, you know, you can be successful. And in more personal, in personal kind of level, what is success for you? My success, I think um, if you can raise, if, if you can increase my, you know, time, you know, playing basketball with my son, that's my, you know, success. You know, this is the success point, you know, that I'm trying, that I'm working on right now. Um, he's yeah. a player uh, as well. We play together. And I mean, that, this is the, this is my you know, personal part, you know, other than that, to be honest, uh, we always, you know, work, you know, we all, you know, uh, super busy, but uh, my son and myself, you know, if he can play more basketball, I think, you know, that's the success. Great. Very, very nice uh, success point. My, my success point is time, spending more time with, with the people I like, uh, my family and on things. I'm interested in to work. Let's let's now try and help the listeners with some advice on um, on careers. Today everything is changing. The pace of change is unbelievable. It's never been like this ever before. To people who just start their careers at the moment, what would you recommend they should do? What is the industry they should look at? What are the skills that should they should aim to get? I mean, it's tough, right? You know, telling something, hey, you know, go with this industry. I'm sure you remember 
against, you know, people, you know, they were, hey, you have to be a computer engineer because, you know, this is going to be super hip, you know, and I mean, right now it's a bit tough. The, today, you know, if you ask, you know, to, to the people, hey, you have to go with, you know, AI. To be honest, you know, my, my motto, my approach, you know, is always, you know, finding the right business models, find understanding, you know, the opportunities. And if you are a problem solver, you're a problem solver always. And to be honest, you know, these are the skills, you know, that you have to, you know, bring to yourself, you know, starting from day one and build them up, you know, in the future, you know, with, with more muscles. I'm not a guy like, hey, you know, you learn AI, you will be super, super successful. Of course, you know, I mean, you have to understand, you know, what is AI. Then honestly, you know, before ChatGPT, I was answering, you know, this question, Denise, you know, what, what do you think about AI? And I was telling, you know, I have never seen an AI before, but ChatGPT is changing the, you know, the, 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 the scene right now. But honestly, uh, my recommendation, you know, to the people, that the first thing is, I mean, problem solving skills, understanding, you know, pains, defining the pains. I mean, if you can understand this, whatever your industry, you will be successful. The second one is, um, interoperability you know between the industries it's going to be real become that, the link yeah between the two will, industries right yeah, that will become that will make you indispensable right yeah i mean this is the thing you should you know build and the third one is i mean this is not about skills or you not know, the, the learning more about life and career it's like a marathon not a sprint um sometimes you know in early ages you know when you start you compete you know with your team members or you know the the the, the colleagues it's a marathon i mean you do not need to compete you know with these people you should compete with yourself and you there will be a lot of you know competition in the future i mean i always use this you know helicopter model I mean, if I feel myself you know super under pressure or you know I feel myself you know uncomfortable I, I take my you know, virtual helicopter and go up and look at the situation, what's going on and where am I right now? Is it really valid for me or is it something really tangible, you know, to think about it or, you know, concern myself and then come down, solve the problem and go further, right? I mean, th this is the thing. I mean, this is what I'm expecting also, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm advising, you know, to everyone. Helicopter model. Okay. I'll remember this one. What about people that are in the middle of their career, right? So 30, 40 years old, everything changes for them. Again, I'm not asking about industries, but what should be their mindset? What should they be thinking, preparing, learning? I mean, I think, you know, this is also very similar, but, you know, between 30, 40, I think, you know, this is the time you know, that you are shaping your future uh, because, you know, between 20 and 30, I was talking, you know, with the CEO of, you know, Turkcell a uh, long time ago. Turkcell is the biggest cell cooperator in Turkey. And uh, the CEO, he was a uh, ex-Microsoft CEO as well. And he asked me, Denis, you know, what is your expectation? Uh, do you know your, I mean, do you know what your, what you should expect, you know, from this life? And I was, you know, mid-30s right now at that time. And I said, of course, I know, you know, I will do this, I will do that, etc. And he was laughing at me and he said, you know, one thing, Dennis, you know, of course, you know, you are a young person, very dedicated, you know, I appreciate. But uh, in, in 20s, 
uh, this, and he said, you know, this is my experience. And in twenties, you don't know what you want. You don't also, you know, you don't know what you don't want. In thirties, you don't know what you want, but you are understanding, you know, what you don't want. In forties, okay. you will understand, you know, what you don't want exactly. Uh, and yeah. highly likely you will realize, you know, a couple of things, you know, about, you know, what you want. So thirties are very important. I think, you know, they should, you know, understand and they should, you know, realize that, you know, what they don't want and how, how they are going to, you know, shape their, you know, future lives, industry, career, life, whatever. I think, you know, this is, this is the, the, the most important part of the life. I completely agree with you that, that actually knowing what you don't want is also very powerful. And then last question before we go, if you go back in time and meet the young Denise in the Mirbank, what is the one thing you tell him? I mean, same thing. Denise, this is a marathon. Don't kill yourself, you know, you know some small things and marathon, enjoy it, you know, try to learn, you know, push it forward. But I think, um, uh, my letter, you know, to myself, you know, in Demirbank. Uh, should be also, I mean, Denise, you know, go outside of Turkey earlier and uh, learn a bit more, you know, as soon as uh, possible, as, as soon as earlier, right? As early as possible, yeah. to be honest. I mean, so uh, I worked in Turkey, you know, for a long time and I left, you know, after, you know, 36, 37. So that's why um, that was my, you know, I think that these are the two things, yeah. Thank you so much. This was uh, such an interesting discussion. I could have spent another two hours with you talking about life and universe. Thank you so much for dedicating this time to, to speak with me and uh, to all the listeners of the podcast. And um, I wish you all the best. Thank you very much, Annie. My pleasure. Thank you. This is all for today. Thank you for being with me till the end. And before you go, I have a huge favor to ask. Would you please subscribe or leave a message and send us any comments and recommendations? The more we hear from you, the better this podcast will be. Thank you for now and see you in the next episode.